You're listening to Gleanings, the monthly newsletter from Strategies at Work, podcast edition, January 1st, 2010. Upcoming events. The Executive Forum. Come listen and be challenged by another inspiring story of how biblical truth enabled a man to achieve incredible success in the workplace. The Executive Forum is presented two to three times per year in the Dallas area. This event provides a wonderful opportunity to informally visit and network with others. Come and bring a friend. Enjoy the food, fun, and fellowship accented with personal inspiration and practical wisdom for the workplace. The next Executive Forum will be held Thursday, January 7, 2010 at Glen Eagles Country Club in Plano, Texas. See strategieswork.com for details. The Strategic Life Alignment Seminar. This seminar will equip you with tools and a methodology for discerning your life purpose. Don't miss this opportunity to learn biblical principles that will help you discover your destiny. Peace, joy, and satisfaction will be yours only if you discover and fulfill your life purpose. This event will be presented in both live and virtual settings. The next event will be held February 3rd and 4th, 2010 in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, and February 18th through the 20th at Sojourn Church in Carrollton, Texas. See the website strategieswork.com for details. The BTS Seminar Kingdom Management 2 Because we live in God's universe, to have success we must obey His rules, including the rules for the workplace. So what are God's rules for managing organizations? Most of the teaching on management is from the world. There is a dearth of teaching on this critical topic of management from a biblical worldview. Kingdom Management 2 is the second installment in the Kingdom Management series and is designed to give you more insight and wisdom as to how to manage based on a biblical worldview. Full of practical tips, this teaching will transform your understanding of management and lay the foundation for unprecedented success in your life. This event will be presented in both live and virtual settings. The upcoming webinar will be held each Tuesday evening from 7.30 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, January 12th, 19th, and 26th, 2010. See strategieswork.com for details. These are challenging economic times. There is much fear in the world. Now more than ever, people need to understand the power of building their lives on Christ. Only faith in Christ can provide sustained victory over fear. If you need help in learning how to walk with Christ, Strategies at Work has consultants in various parts of the world. These consultants are equipped to help you grow in Christ and to find and fulfill your divinely ordained life purpose. Please contact them or contact the Strategies at Work home office if you would like our help. See the website strategieswork.com for details. And now, Dr. Chester brings us a message titled, Optimist or Not? Are you ready for 2010? Are you expecting it to be a great year? If so, what is the basis of your hope? Is it President Obama's declaration that the worst is behind us? Or perhaps you may agree with some of the economic pundits who have declared that the recession is over. Maybe you found a good opportunity through the recession. Or perhaps you just want it to be over, so you're trying to will it into existence. Whatever your perspective, the question is, what is reality? Will 2010 be a year in which we move forward, or will we regress? For the purpose of our discussion, let's focus on economic matters. In particular, let's consider some of the salient aspects of the current economic environment of the U.S. First, the U.S. federal deficit is at an all-time high and expanding rapidly. Second, the dollar continues to be weak relative to other currencies, which reflects the low level of confidence in the U.S.'s fiat money system 
and the lack of confidence in the U.S. government's ability to manage its affairs. Third, the balance of trade continues to be unfavorable, meaning that the U.S. is a net importer. In our case, a major reason, if not the reason, or the only reason, is that the U.S. manufacturing is not globally competitive. Fourth, being a net importer implies that the stimulus efforts may have done little to help domestic manufacturing. Most of the money was probably exported in return for imported goods. Therefore, few domestic jobs were created. Fifth, true unemployment and underemployment is probably in the high teens and maybe even over 20% approaching the levels of the Great Depression. Sixth, Though interest rates are still low, there seems to be little economic activity as a result of the low cost of capital. And finally, the risk of inflation is increasing as the federal government's borrowing needs increase and investor confidence in the federal government decreases. This means that the cost for reissued and new federal debt will be higher, which will potentially increase the deficit. Encouraging picture, right? Notwithstanding these grim realities, some of the leading capitalists of our day are optimistic. Note, for example, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, who in November 2009 were guests at a town hall-style venue at the Columbia School of Business. For one hour, students and faculty asked questions of these two venerated business magnets. In watching the video of this meeting, it was clear to me that Buffett and Gates are optimistic about the future. Interestingly, the above economic realities were barely mentioned, if at all. Instead, they focused on history. Buffett and Gates attributed their positive outlook to their past successes and the historically positive environment for capitalism in the U.S. When asked about the greed on Wall Street, Buffett noted that greed has been around a long time, seeming to suggest it is no worse now than in the past. Furthermore, he suggested that the economy has a self-correcting mechanism, perhaps a reference to Adam Smith's invisible hand. Hence, Buffett seemed to view the current economic calamity as merely a self-correcting storm. To reinforce his optimism, Buffett even offered $100,000 for 10% of the future earnings of any student at the meeting. I'm sure this was a hyperbole. Buffett and Gates are widely regarded as two of the greatest capitalists of our day. So, therefore, should we be? Should we follow their example, their lead? To respond, first, we need to note a presupposition that Buffett and Gates seem to embrace about the relationship between physical and spiritual reality. Through the entire discussion, I did not hear any statements that would clearly connect physical and spiritual reality. Buffett and Gates seem to assume that economics and business, that is physical reality, exist and operate independent of spiritual reality, that is God. It appears that Buffett and Gates operate under either a naturalistic presupposition or a deistic presupposition. A naturalist believes that there is no God and therefore no spiritual reality. A deist believes there is a God who has created the universe and its rules, but that God does not interact or interfere with the universe. Hence, everything happens according to the predetermined rules. Interestingly, in this discussion of economic matters, it matters little whether a person is a naturalist or a deist. The end result is the same. Relative to economics and business, in either worldview, there is no connection between physical and spiritual reality, either because it does not exist or because it is not relevant. 
One of the clear teachings of the Bible is that there is a connection between physical and spiritual reality. Consider the nation of Israel as an example. Repeatedly throughout the Old Testament, Israel was told that obedience to God is the predicate for economic blessing and that disobedience leads to economic calamity. See Deuteronomy 28. And indeed, Israel's sin led to economic and political calamity. In fact, most of the Old Testament is devoted to this theme. There are few truths that are so emphasized in Scripture. Some might object to using the Old Testament to provide guidance for economic and business in the New Testament era. May I point out that Jesus' Bible and the Apostle Paul's Bible was the Old Testament. Furthermore, the Apostle Paul wrote that the Old Testament provides examples for us. For example, 1 Corinthians 10.11. These examples teach and train us in righteous living. Paul reinforced his view of the relevance of the Old Testament in his letter to Timothy when he said this, All scripture, referring to the Old Testament, is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hence, the Old Testament is a relevant source of revelation about God and his creation, and the Old Testament clearly teaches a strong correlation between spiritual and physical reality. Just look at Psalms 1. The connection between physical and spiritual reality can be expressed by two simple maxims. Obedience to God facilitates economic blessing. Disobedience to God leads to economic calamity. The immediate objection with these maxims concerns the prosperity of the wicked. You probably know some wicked people who seem to prosper. Scripture makes it clear that the apparent prosperity of the wicked is only temporary. See Psalm 73. In fact, the prosperity of the wicked is a head fake, to use a football analogy. The only way to enjoy enduring economic blessings is through obedience to God. Neither Buffett or Gates seem to understand this connection. The basis for their optimism is prior success. In the town hall discussion, there was little conversation about the signs of the times noted above, much less their understanding of obedience to God. In the Old Testament, God endured Israel's disobedience and repeatedly warned them that their disobedience would lead to judgment. Perhaps God's forbearance with Israel gave them a reason to question God's word. However, in the end, judgment came, and part of the judgment was economic calamity. Israel's root sin was idolatry. The God of the Bible claimed to be the only God, and he required exclusive allegiance. See Exodus 20, verse 1 and following, and Isaiah 45, verse 14. The God who revealed himself to Israel is the same God today. See Malachi 3, 6 and Hebrews 13, 18. And as with Israel, God requires exclusive allegiance today, or there will be judgment. Today, idolatry is prevalent worldwide. Just consider all the different worldviews, each based on its own God. Islam, Buddhist, Hindu, humanist, atheist, New Age, hedonism, mammon, and so forth. I believe that it is abundantly clear that we have rejected the God of the Bible, just like the ancient Israelites. Therefore, today, as with ancient Israel, we appear to be living in a time when God is forbearing with the sin and rebellion of the world. But for how long? When will God declare it is enough and execute judgment on the world as he did with the nation of Israel? 
if your optimism is based on a naturalistic or deistic presupposition, like that of Buffett and Gates, you may find yourself surprised and unprepared. If the Bible is true, anyone who operates assuming no connection between physical and spiritual reality will, in the end, be proven wrong. The only question is when. If you want to be optimistic, truly optimistic, you must build your life on Christ, the only sure foundation for life. A person who builds his or her life on Christ recognizes that spiritual reality undergirds physical reality. Such a person works diligently to grow in Christ and thereby lays the foundation of sound spiritual reality that will yield blessings in the physical realm. Notwithstanding the head fake of the wicked, the maxims above are true. Obedience to God facilitates economic blessings and disobedience leads to economic calamity. To be prepared for the future, it is not enough to simply be optimistic because of past successes. It is not enough to even know the signs of the times in the physical realm. You must be skilled at understanding spiritual reality and know the Lord well enough to align yourself with His will and ways. This is the only basis for true optimism as you will be prepared for whatever's ahead and facilitate economic blessing in your life. Happy New Year.